Hey there, this is Humble Yoke. I'm unpacking ways to learn more about yourself and understanding how you fit in the world because there's room for all of us here. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Humble Yoke. Um, It's been quite a while, but let's get caught up. Um, Really quick, I'm trying to speak a little bit more quietly because my son is doing school in the room beside me. So forgive me um, for basically whispering. (laughs) I'm sorry. But anyway, for those of you who are for the first time just tuning in to Humble Yoke, uh, welcome and thank you very much for stopping by. Um, This is a place where we do life together and we figure out the messy as we go. And today we're going to uh, wrap up our chat on the Enneagram. Um, Today's episode is actually going to include two Enneagram numbers, the eight and the nine. And I think it's kind of ironically beautiful because we have the challenger and the peacemaker in one space. So this is going to be fun. (laughs) If you aren't aware of the Enneagram, um, I encourage you to go back and check out the previous episodes on types one through seven. Um, You can also utilize a lot of different resources out there regarding the Enneagram. Um, I really like to use information from Suzanne Stabile. I like the Enneagram Institute, um, your Enneagram coach. Um, Sarah Jane Case. Um, I am actually going to be speaking on a few pieces of information out of her book, The Honest Enneagram, and there's so many more things out there. Um, But the Enneagram is just a tool that um, helps us better understand ourselves to the very core. It's the pieces of us that don't change just due to our seasons of life. They are what make us the very essence of who we are. So it's basically just a good tool. It's not a religious practice either. Um, But when it's used well, it helps us to better understand people in God's likeness. And um, if we use it in the perspective of God... I think we can better love everybody because everyone is so multifaceted. It kind of helps us to give a little bit more grace to everyone else. And um, that's why I like to talk about it. And that's why I really wanted to do the first episode of Humble Yoke around the Enneagram. Because like I said, if we want to better understand the world, then we need to understand God's people. And another really important point, um, the Enneagram should never be used to replace any kind of biblical direction. So that is a huge one right there. And one additional disclaimer, (laughs) I do not have a lot of extra time for even recording an episode. Um, So I don't do a whole lot of editing. I just want you to be warned. Um, Like I said, it's hard enough just to get an episode put together. So just bear with me. But first, I wanted to touch a little bit on why it's been quiet at Humble Yoke for so long. Um, Yeah, it's going to be me being very honest. Uh, I had the first line of this episode in my notes written out since May. Yep, (laughs) it's been that long. And I did not realize that till I opened it up. Um, I obviously thought about it all the time. But 
I've been under such a blanket of shame that I couldn't even muster up courage to speak on God's kindness or his grace without feeling some level of shame. Um, I haven't waited well in this season of my life, and I feel like at some point in every episode, I was having confession time, which also made me feel a lot of shame. And for some context to grasp on, I'm an Enneagram One. So for those of you who um, have some foundation of the Enneagram and you know a little bit more in depth about all of the the personality types, um, you may understand this best. But for those of you that don't, in a nutshell, I can't give myself grace. And this is going to be a really gross example, but I'll pick myself apart like a bare chicken wing bone. You know what that looks like. If you've ever gone out for wings and you take every last bit of meat off that bone, there's nothing left. And you have picked at it, picked at it, picked at it till you got every last bit of meat. Like I said, it's kind of a gross example, but let's just roll with it. Um, Basically, I experience a lot of shame just for my humanness. Simply put, and for me, I have to be like, quote unquote, right Or in my mind, it is all a mess and I've done it all wrong and insert panic attack. That's where I've been. So I just felt like a fraud speaking to people about the unforced rhythms of grace when I couldn't even feel it myself. And that's the thing. This podcast was completely intended for messy. Nothing perfect, nothing neat and tidy, all the messy. And the other thing is that Not giving the enemy any more credit than he deserves, but he's really good at knowing what buttons to push with me. Recently, I'll tell you this, um, he's played on some really, really painful pieces, which allowed me to make myself look like a fool. I've spoken ill of my foes, and I try really hard not to do that, but... I've been extremely perfectionistic and critical on a lot of areas in my life, and we'll totally dive into that a little bit deeper in a later message, but I need you to know something right now. The enemy will try to devour anything that is good, and I don't mean like quality in a fancy way. I mean quality in a God way. Um, If there is anything that turns his game into a beautiful message about God, he will oppose it at any turn. And shame does nothing for anyone. It's like telling God that grace is not even a thing and that we end up being the counsel of our own souls, not him. And I want to explain that a little bit more. Shame allows the enemy to oppress you, all in all. It allows him to hold you down to stunt your growth, and it makes a fool of you. It'll desensitize you, and it allows him to go in for an easy kill. John 10.10 tells us that he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But in the same stretch of that, it also tells us about what Jesus did. He had come to this earth, and he overcame the enemy. And even when he was tempted by the enemy, He stood in a place of authority and proclaimed that it is written, we are to live by God. He is what gives us our manna. 
which gives us a fighting chance to bring God's kingdom to earth. Moral of the story, when you live like you're lost, you will ultimately lose. I'm going to say that again. When you live like you're lost or you have lost, you will ultimately be lost and you will ultimately lose. Because God intended for us to live in community because um, in the essence of our very creation, we were not meant to go it alone. And when you feel like you're lost or you are living like you have lost, um, you're going to completely shut yourself off from other people. You're going to shut yourself off from yourself. And even if you feel shaky and lifeless, God can breathe life into you. He can waken, awaken dry bones. And as for my place in grace, I've come to understand that I will in fact make a fool of myself more times than I am proud to admit. But Jesus paid my ransom. And if we all believe that, we can repent. And what that literally means is to change our mind. And we can live to fight another round. And in that same stance, it's basically our surprise right hook with the very last breath in our lungs that will take out the enemy. And and he sees us that we're down and out because we're living like we've been lost or that we have lost the fight. So when he thinks that we're down and out, there's nothing left for him to feast on. There's nothing left for him to fight for, and he has no reason to go in for the kill. But we can rise up with the sword of the spirit, the faith of a mustard seed, through God's redemption, and we can totally slug him. But it's only through the strength of Christ. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And it's not man-made strength. It is the strength of the spirit. And it has to be us walking on the path of righteousness if we want a chance to prevail in that fight against the enemy. And like I said, we don't want to give him any more credit than he deserves. And in the the point that I want to reiterate here is that it's okay to bring your messy in a friend space or a family space because the people that are supposed to be your people will welcome your messy and they're going to help you along with it. So in this space, bring your messy I'm definitely bringing mine and we're going to figure it all out together. Again, God created us for community. In the very essence of creation, we were not meant to go it alone. We're meant to lay roots, but it's through prayer and supplication that we submit our request for wise counsel and we request the things that we need. And if it's in God's will, he's going to deliver. And I can tell you he's going to deliver in a much bigger way than you even anticipate. So stop praying these small prayers. Be brave enough to ask him for the big things and and just stand back because you'll be surprised on what you get. <laughs> um. Over the weekend, I was really, really sad, and another time I made a fool of myself. Um, But it was just like there was a day where it was blow after blow after blow, and it was so many of these things in literally one hour, and I felt like I couldn't come up for air, and I completely behaved out of hurt, and I felt like I made a fool of myself, but the things that I said 
and the way I reacted, I certainly am not proud of the things that I said, but it was the feeling behind that that taught me a lesson like right in the moment. And when I say like right in the moment, I mean, it was kind of like I was godsmacked, not like the band, but, (laughs) but I felt like it was something that just kind of brought that whole season, that whole circumstance, all of the moving pieces in that hurt all together in one place. It was a moment where I became untethered to the things that I felt most comfortable with. And that was a moment where this painful season that I've gone through, um, and, and, and it's been totally a blessing, but it's just been so much uncertainty. But this moment in time when I felt like I made a complete fool of myself, I realized that um, when when God wants to make a big change in my life, he has always made me really uncomfortable. And sometimes a course correction really is painful. And sometimes it can be self-destructive if you're not taking the time to navigate the fog of it all. Um, it's, it's just the point that there are so many unknowns and we have to leave our space open for God to move. And if we're clinging to these things that we feel comfortable with and we're okay running in monotony, we're not giving God a chance to help us grow. And in that situation, you know, I talked myself through it a little bit. I can accept that I let my emotions get the best of me. And I can forgive myself and let myself off the hook for the things that I said. um, Because it was my closure. And it allowed me to allow God in and let him steward the next chapter of my life well and allow me to steward the next chapter of my life with clarity. And I know this chapter is going to bring pain, but I mean, in every growing season comes pain, the stretching of your limbs, the expanding of height, the metamorphosis of beauty. And these are changes that will not only affect my life and my husband's life, but it's going to open a door for my kids as well. Um, So moral of the story, don't be afraid of your messy. Don't be afraid of those moments when you make a fool of yourself. Don't be afraid of what others think of you. I mean, God's going to sort out all of those pieces. He knows that we're human. He knows that we're really, really going to mess it up big time. But his grace is sufficient for all of that. Do you hear that? His grace is sufficient for all of it. So I'm going to allow that moment to segue us into the challenger. Oh, the challenger. My husband is a challenger. And let me tell you, he challenges me all the time. (laughs) So the eights are known as the challenger. And if you don't hear anything else I say about eights, you need to hear this. They are fierce protectors. Eights often get a bad rap because they seem indestructible and harsh on the outside. And some people can think like, wow, man, that person's a jerk or wow, like that person's really intimidating. 
or they might think that that person is just far too intense. But the thing to remember is that they're protecting something at all times, themselves, their people, their cause, whatever it is. Eights will show up in a very domineering way, and at times they can appear like a maverick. So the eight's basic desire, according to the Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case, is it's important to me that I am able to determine my own path. And the eight's fear, according to the same book, I am most afraid of being harmed or controlled by others. Somewhere along the way, eights were told that it's not okay to be weak, or they experienced betrayal of some sort. By having this, like, quote-unquote, detaching experience, eights felt that they had to take care of themselves so they didn't further experience such betrayal. Eights are bold. They truly are. They command a presence whenever they walk into a room. It's it's almost like they bring this vibe of all eyes on them. Um, and that's often misconstrued as being abrasive or, like I said, harsh. There's just no beating around the bush with an eight. That's just who they are. They may be the one commanding the crowd, um... By just simply being themselves, honestly. And that describes the persona of these individuals really well. They are themselves with no apologies. They're probably going to be the one that's like got the louder voice, um, the guy that's covered in tattoos, um, the guy that, you know, just seems really rough around the edges. And it could be the woman who, um, you know, sometimes people call her a bad word. Um, or they think that like she's really intimidating herself or who is she to tell me what to do or something like that. Um, it could be that inner mama bear coming out in her. Um, but when you approach an eight to kind of alleviate all of that awkwardness, I guess you could say, you better have your facts in order and you better be ready to stand your ground. The eights really delight in directness, and they don't want time wasted on menial details. Eights are independent, honest, magnanimous, and charismatic. And I'll tell you, with my husband, oh my gosh, sometimes I have to tell you the details of a story so that way I know that you're truly getting the grasp of it. Like, I want you to be there with me in that moment so you can truly understand the perspective of all of this. But my husband's like, can you please just get to the point? And I'm like, but you're not going to understand. And he's like, I will understand just fine. (laughs) And he does. But my brain works on details. So eights with a seven wing are known as the maverick. When eights use their seven wing, they become much more creative. They might be involved in some sort of like entrepreneurship and um, they can be persuasive and inspiring. When they tap into this wing, it ultimately makes them lighter. Eights with a nine wing are known as the bear. When eights tap into their nine wing, it helps them to be more reasonable, gentle, and more tolerant of others. It also adds lightness to the intensity of the eight, and it makes them more at ease or more grounded. They will show up less agitated, if you will. guys just popping in here really quick to tell you about one of our sponsors anchor podcasting that's right this is exactly what i am using to record this podcast so let me tell you a little bit about it 
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's totally free, and there's even creation tools within it that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It is super convenient, and it is super user-friendly. Anchor will also distribute the podcast for you. If you've ever done research on this, it can be really complicated to get it out there and produce it all by yourself. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and that is also very unheard of. It can be really hard to attract some sponsors. It's everything you need to make a podcast, and it's all in one place. Download your free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Back to the show. When aides are in their stressful space, they become very reclusive and secretive. Aides go to a five in stress or the lower levels of that type. They dive deeper in the space of feeling like they're constantly betrayed and unable to trust anyone. When eights are at their best and healthier levels, they connect to their two line and they kind of let go of their need for control. They become more like a servant of good um, because they're, they're more attuned to the common good. They're protecting and healthy, and they work to remain open, vulnerable, and compassionate. To care for yourself as an eight and move into a healthy space, get around others. Using the high side of your two, which is your growth line or when you're at your best, it allows you to soften your defenses and open up for connection. It breaks that need to be withdrawn um, so you you might find that you tap into this a little bit more when you're around kids or even dogs, honestly. Just do something that makes you feel safe while challenging you to be more vulnerable. Okay, so let's move over to the nines. I just wanted to briefly touch on eights and nines in this episode to just kind of wrap it all up and uh, give you kind of like the bird's eye view just to introduce you to the Enneagram and these types like I have done with all the other episodes. Um, But we had a little bit more to talk about and catch up on in this episode. So anyway, about nines, um, my Enneagram heart feels for nines and I can definitely see where I've landed into the nine wing in my life Nines are so empathetic, like insanely empathetic. They're very go with the flow and do not like to rock the boat. As children, um, nines somehow learned that they needed to minimize their presence or in certain circumstances, they needed to minimize their presence. They believed that if they were less less noticed, um, they could keep the peace for everyone. If they spoke up about their needs, um, it may shift the dynamic. So one thing to remember about nines is because they are really similar to twos, um, they're, they're not identical to twos, but they have a lot of similarities based on um, everyone else. I guess that's how we can, how we can uh, paraphrase that. The nines will merge where the twos will jump in to be the helper. So if there's conflict, a two might start to like get in the middle of it and try to repair 
pieces of the argument or conflict or whatever, or do something to aid in whatever might be causing that. But a nine merges to keep peace. So they kind of become like chameleons. Um, That's the best way I can describe that. Um, they will be the ones to say, like, whatever you like to do is fine with me, or they may see something transpiring, but not speak up because they don't want to disrupt the balance. They belong to the gut triad along with the eights and the ones. So believe it or not, they do get angry, but what they do with their anger is they stuff it and they refuse to deal with reality. The nine's basic desire, according to the Honest Enneagram again, it's important to me that I maintain my peace of mind. The nine's fear, I worry about creating rifts with people in my life that cannot be repaired. Nines go to a six in stress in an effort to numb themselves, and they may refuse to respond to their own desires or their people. Once a nine is at the sloth mode... They need to recalibrate and move out of the space of stagnation. A nine at rest stays at rest. It's important for nines to keep up with priorities, practice self-care, and learn to say no. They aren't lazy, but they spend so much energy on others that they end up neglecting themselves completely and everything piles up and it just seems too much to even deal with. When they're at their healthiest space, they go to a three, which is wonderful for that sloth-like approach to life. In that space, they're more attuned to their own needs and um, they're very self-aware. They're remarkable with their perspective. They can create margin in their lives for others to come exactly as they are. Nines provide a safe place for others, so they they're the one that you can come to like again with all of your messy and they're gonna welcome you with open arms you're gonna be able to vent to them they're they're gonna be more likely to keep your secrets um and again they're just completely judgment free I guess (laughs) um but they need to know that their presence matters and that they're not invisible Their greater peace isn't based on their season, but their inner joy is excellently balanced. So for a nine, they have to know that they matter um, because, like I said, they'll shrink up because they think it's what is needed for the greater peace. But if you have a nine in your life, please tell them how much they matter because nines are such a gift to us. And um, yeah, they're just wonderful. Like nines are really, really wonderful. <laughs> I have some nine friends and they're they're just great. My personality type can be a little bit extreme um, with like being critical and being self-destructive and things like that. And the nines help me to like take a deep breath and be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> So for nines to take care of themselves, like really take care of themselves, they need to remember that it's important for them to honor their own strengths. They are so incredibly warm. They're creative. Like I said, they're non-judgmental. Their energy just makes everyone feel free. And they're very sage-like. Like they have a lot of wisdom to give. 
And another thing, speak up for what you need. It does not make you selfish. Again, a similarity of the two, but nines, again, they don't want to be an inconvenience on anybody. Nines, examine your relationships. If you feel that you can't be yourself around people, it may be time to put up some healthy boundaries. And finally, spend some quality time alone. Take a walk in nature because nature is really going to speak to your personality type. And remember how it is speaking to you. Take in all the thoughts. Um, Maybe document them in a journal or something like that. But remember how nature speaks to you because it's huge for your personality type. Feel the sunshine on your face or the rain on your skin or how the wind blows through your hair or just kind of whispers its own little song to you. Your presence matters everywhere you go and it's truly needed in the organic flow of life. So guys, guess what? We concluded all nine Enneagram types from the ones all the way to the nines And we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to work on better understanding ourselves and how we all fit in the world. It's incredibly important to, to be the people that God created us to be in his likeness. We all have amazing giftings and we're all weaved together within our own unique makeup. We're weaved with such great intention And if we're not extending the gifts that we've been given to others, we're doing it all wrong. If we're called to be teachers, then we need to be doing something in a teaching capacity or the capacity that you feel God leading you to in that type of talent. Um, If we're called to shepherd, then we need to be fearlessly and humbly shepherding people. If we're called to preach the word, then we'd better get busy telling people about salvation because you know what? Every moment counts in the world that we're living in right now. Whatever he calls you to, he will equip you to do. Jesus grabbed up liars. He grabbed up the hot-tempered. He blessed the sexually immoral. He healed the wicked because there was such a greater purpose for their role in the big picture. No one, and I mean no one, is disqualified. No one is beyond redemption. Change your mind and allow him to change your course. His grace is sufficient for you and for me. Even when, fill in the blank with your own word. All right, friends, (laughs) that's it for me today. Um, Like I said, uh, you know, I don't get a whole lot of time to edit And um, it's hard enough to even record an episode when I am, you know, centered and giving this my effort um, and not beating myself up too much. Um, So just bear with me as you listen to this episode. Um, Yeah, it finally concludes season one of Humble Yoke, guys. I didn't mean for it to take a whole year to get one season out, but... Then again, I didn't really have any strict parameters for it either. This was something I've been working at for years and years and finally got it out there. So like I've said from the beginning, finished is better than flawless. And right now we need to know God's goodness and we need to know that messy is okay. And we need to stand firm on the things that we believe in and not be scared to do so. 
Romans 1.16 reads, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jews, then the Gentiles. And I also want to follow it up with um, the message version of this piece of scripture. It reads like this, It's the news I'm most proud to proclaim. This extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him, starting with the Jews and then right to everyone else. God's way of putting people right shows up in acts of faith, confirming what scripture has said all along. The person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. It's the word that sets us free. It's God's way that gives us life. It's not what we do, but what our heart is set to that matters. Be well, be brave, proclaim the goodness and power in his name. And I'll see you again in season two of Humble Yoke. Take care, guys. All right, friends, that concludes season one of Humble Yoke. We did it. It took over a year to get here, but we did it. And that's right. Humble Yoke is already a year old. Can you believe it? Because I can't. I'm proud. I'm excited. um, And I'm ready to keep it rolling. Um, But yeah, I wanted to pop in and remind you of a couple things and then tell you about something. Um, If you have found value at all within our journey here at Humble Yoke, I would love if you could share it with a friend, you could rate it and subscribe to it anywhere you get your podcasts. And um, if you have, I would love to hear from you. Um, I'm at uh, Instagram and Facebook, Humble Yoke, at Humble Yoke. I keep it original. And Facebook and Instagram are the only social media platforms that you're going to find me on. Um, If you want to become a partner of the podcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash humble yoke, or you can click the link in the Humble Yoke Facebook community. So the other thing I want to tell you is that uh, Humble Yoke has a website and I have not posted it yet. I've been working on it as I had time to do, but you will be able to shop the Humble Yoke shop You'll be able to um, shop the essential oils that I tend to talk about. Um, And there I will have um, blog posts. I will have all kinds of informational um, tips, tricks, all kinds of things for essential oil use and how to live a more humble and holistic lifestyle and all kinds of other things. So I invite you to check out humbleyoke.com as soon as it is published, and I will let you know when it is published. There's going to be Humble Yoke merchandise there. Um, We'll have some stickers and t-shirts and bags and all the things. So I wanted to let you know about that too. So um, we're going to conclude this last episode of Humble Yoke Season 1, and we will be back together for Humble Yoke Season 2, Episode 1, within the next couple of weeks. Give me some grace here. Um, I finally got this one back on here. (laughs) So anyway, um, you take care of yourself. Be safe out there. Um, Wash your hands. Drink some water. And uh, we'll we'll live to fight another day. (laughs) Take care. Bye.